In the late 19th century, a young Scottish boy named Richard woke up in the middle of the night. He peered out his window at a peaceful scene. Snow fell while branches swayed in the breeze. He heard a faint crunch outside, then another, again and again. It sounded like footsteps. They moved slowly and grew louder as they trudged through the rear courtyard and reached the back door. Richard hoped it was an animal, not a person. The thought of someone trying to break into his home in the middle of the night was terrifying. But even if it was an intruder, they couldn't get in. The back door was always bolted shut. Except Richard heard the door creak open, then footsteps on the hall's wooden floors. He could tell when they reached the staircase, taking each stride with a slow, deliberate pace. When the figure reached the top of the steps, they stopped. Richard waited. He was so frightened he could barely breathe. Then, the footsteps started again, and this time, they were headed toward his room. Welcome to Unexplained Mysteries, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm your host, Molly. And I'm your host, Richard. In life, there's so much we don't know, but in this show, we don't take we don't know for an answer. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. You can find episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This is our first episode on The Big Gray Man. For years, hikers on the Scottish Cairngorm Mountains have felt an evil presence stalking them through the peaks. Some have even seen the creature and experienced feelings of terror or religious ecstasy. Today, we'll hear from the climbers who allegedly encountered the monster. Some mountaineers tried to run away from the beast, only for it to chase after them. Others decided the best course of action was self-defense. Next time, we'll investigate whether such a creature can exist at all. Many people claim the Big Grey Man is just an old Scottish myth or even a simple trick of the light. But believers insist the beast may share DNA with the famous Sasquatch. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. 
Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. For centuries, people have told campfire stories about the Yeti, Bigfoot, and the abominable snowman. These so-called wild men have allegedly been found all over the world. Some claim to see the abominable snowman in the Himalayas. Others insisted Bigfoot resided in the Pacific Northwest or the forests outside of Vancouver. And as recently as 2022, Hikers say they saw a hairy, six-foot-tall creature in a state park in South Carolina. Perhaps it was the elusive Sasquatch. It's not clear if any of these various sightings are based in fact, but one menacing creature has been sighted over and over in the Cairngorm Mountains in the Scottish Highlands. They're part of the tallest range on the British Isles, and at nearly 4,300 feet, Ben McDewey is the second highest peak in all of Great Britain. To climb the mountain, hikers must trudge through a dense forest of trees at the lower elevations. Higher up, they struggle over massive stones and through fierce Scottish winds. For much of the year, the temperature drops below freezing, Blizzards and thick fog block hikers' views and make it easy to get lost. If you're not careful, you could take a wrong step and topple down a hill or even hurtle off the side of a cliff. As if that weren't treacherous enough, those who venture onto Ben McDewey may also feel the presence of an evil beast. According to stories, it lurks in the trees just out of sight, only emerging when it's time to attack. And its legend may have existed for hundreds of years. The earliest known account comes from 1791, when poet James Hogg tended his sheep on the mountain. It seemed like any other day, at least at first. But when Hogg turned around, his serenity gave way to fear. Before him, a dark figure towered. It seemed slim, stood 30 feet tall, and its features were obscured in gray darkness. Hogg stumbled backward a few feet. At first, he was too frightened to even think of escape. But after a moment, Hogg found his legs and sprinted down the mountain all the way home. Once the adrenaline faded, Hogg began to second-guess what he'd seen. He didn't even know what the creature was. He'd never seen anything like it on the peaks before. Maybe he'd imagined the whole encounter. 
The next day, he returned to the mountain to find his sheep right where he'd left them. If the creature was real, it had left the animals alone. Another data point suggesting Hogg wasn't remembering accurately. But as he inspected the herd, something moved in the corner of his eye. Hogg turned and jumped. The monster was back. Hogg was frightened, but he'd been thinking about the beast all night. He was ready this time and determined to figure out exactly what he was seeing. So, curious about how the animal would react, Hogg removed his hat. The creature reached for its head and lifted something off it as well. It seemed to be mimicking the poet. Hogg laughed at his own foolishness. He realized he hadn't seen a monster at all, but his own shadow. He continued tending his sheep and never gave another shred of credibility to his beastly encounter on Ben McDewey. However, it did inspire him to write about the incident in a work of fiction. That said, he may have been too quick to dismiss the creature as a figment of his imagination. In 1891, Professor Norman Colley trekked up the same mountain. He reached the summit on a foggy afternoon, then started back down. He was alone, and the mist swirled around him, blocking his view. Still, the professor was an experienced hiker and likely didn't feel too worried. He stepped across the huge mountain stones, careful to avoid any unstable patches. But then he heard a strange sound, like a crunch. Collie took a few more steps and heard it again, strange and distant, like heavy footsteps behind him. Collie figured his imagination was getting the better of him, so he laughed and shook his head before continuing downward. All the while, the crunch followed, and the noise rang out more frequently. Collie had the eerie sensation it was gaining on him. His earlier skepticism forgotten, Collie broke into a sprint. It was a dangerous run. The fog blocked his view, so he kept his head down. With each step, he dodged loose stones and hidden divots. Sweat drenched his forehead. Between his heavy breathing and the stones rolling beneath his feet, it was difficult to hear whether the thing still pursued him. After running for nearly five miles, he reached the edge of the forest. For the first time, he slowed and allowed himself a look back. Collie was all alone. Still, he couldn't shake the feeling that someone had been up there with him. Maybe if he hadn't run away, he'd be in that creature's clutches now. For some reason, Collie kept his experience a secret for over three decades. Then, in 1925, he was invited to lecture at a meeting of the Cairngorm Club, an organization of Scottish hikers. That night, Collie told his story publicly for the first time, and a sea of shocked faces stared back at him. As wild as the account sounded, the mountaineers knew the professor was an honest man and an experienced hiker. If he thought somebody had been following him, then they believed him. 
Thus, a legend was born of a creature called Amphirlaeth Moor, which is Gaelic for the Big Grey Man. Shortly thereafter, local newspapers published Collie's tale and circulated it around the country. Word spread of a ghost haunting Ben McDewey. Still, some people were skeptical. They believed Collie's nerves had cracked on the mountain. Any man alone on the fog-covered Cairngorms might grow anxious and start imagining things. A few even alleged the professor invented the entire narrative to get a reaction at the meeting. But even if Collie did make up the story, his account wasn't the only one of the strange creature. Another occurred in the late 19th century, around the same time Norman Collie allegedly heard the beast on Ben McDewey. One morning, around 2 a.m., a child named Richard Curl lay awake in his room. It was a quiet winter night, with snow falling outside, which meant Richard could hear something stomping through the drifts. At first, he believed it was an animal, but the figure opened his house's back door and ascended the steps. The intruder drew closer to Richard's room until they stood just outside. The boy watched the handle turn. Then the door opened and something inexplicable gazed inside. Coming up, what Richard saw. Hi listeners, it's Sarah from Disappearances. For years, I have been fascinated by a troubled adventure in 1959 that left nine Soviet hikers dead and the world scratching their heads. Now, I've teamed up with Carter Roy and Cold Cases to look at the theories, comb through the facts, and fit together the missing pieces of the Dyatlov Pass incident. If you love a good mystery, this episode is for you. Follow Disappearances to catch our exploration into the Dyatlov Pass today. Listen for free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. In the late 19th century, young Richard Curl lay in his bed when a mysterious beast threw open his door. Richard was so petrified, all he could do was gaze at the horrific monster in front of him. It was neither man nor animal, but a horrible combination of the two. It had the face of a fox, but it stood upright on two legs like a human being. It wore clothes, including a top hat. The strange sight left Richard stunned into silence. The creature stared at the young boy with a blank expression. It's unclear what it was waiting for, 
But in that silent pause, Richard mustered all the bravery he could. At the top of his lungs, he screamed, Go away! The beast's tiny black eyes gazed at him for a moment, and Richard's breath caught in his throat. Perhaps he feared he'd only angered the invader. Then the creature merely turned and walked out. The young boy couldn't make heads or tails of what he'd just experienced. Years later, he tried to explain that night to friends, and most of them concluded it must have been a wild dream. But Richard knew he was completely wide awake when he saw the creature. He allowed for the possibility that he'd hallucinated the entire night, until other accounts began to surface. Many hikers had ascended Ben McDewey and reported stories of a similar creature. One night in the early to mid-1900s, a hiker who we'll call David reportedly camped on the side of the mountain. After a long day, he climbed into his tent and tried to fall asleep. Suddenly, out of nowhere, terror seized him. The fear seemingly wasn't based on anything. As far as David could tell, he was completely alone. He didn't hear any unusual or suspicious noises, but he couldn't let go of this sense that something was about to attack him. He likely tried whatever he could think of to calm himself, and eventually fell asleep. Hours later, he jolted awake to see a moonlit shadow on the tent. It was a silhouette of something standing just outside. Right around its edges, David could see what looked like fur. It hadn't been there before he fell asleep. Someone, or something, was lurking through his campsite. David held his breath trying to sink into the ground and go motionless. Maybe if he lay flat enough, the beast wouldn't see him. After a few moments, the shadow moved away. Still on high alert, David rose and poked his head through the tent flaps. In the bright moonlight, he could see the creature bounding away, and he could make out some of its shape. David might have expected to see a bear or a cougar, but instead, he spotted a 20-foot-tall brown beast walking on two legs. It had a large head, a thick neck, and incredibly broad shoulders. It took enormous strides and soon passed out of view. Despite the color of its fur, it seemed David had nearly come face to face with the big gray man. Another eyewitness was a famed Scottish mountaineer who, allegedly, ascended the peaks to collect crystals with his brothers. They saw an enormous two-legged creature bound toward them. Like Norman Collie, the siblings fled through the fog, hearing the beast's footsteps close behind. Eventually, they got away. Later, when someone told the story at a nearby town, an old man claimed the beast was Amphir Lathmore. It's unclear how he identified the monster so easily, 
but it's possible he'd heard yet another account of the creature. Like how one night an experienced hiker trudged through the mountain snow. Fog obscured his vision, but he could hear perfectly, especially once he picked up the sound of footsteps behind him. When he stopped, so did the noise. The hiker figured his boots might be echoing against the snow, but something didn't add up. For every three steps he took, his follower took one. If it was a true echo, he would have heard it every single step, not every third. The hiker continued on, and the footsteps kept pursuing him, right until he neared the river. Then the sound disappeared. But he couldn't shake the feeling someone had been on his tail. By this point, the big gray man had captured the interest of Alastair Borthwick, a seasoned traveler who was compiling a book on the country's most famous trails. He uncovered chilling stories during his research and grew interested in the mysterious creature. Borthwick asked the local hunters if Amphir Laith Moore existed or if he was just a story made up to scare kids. In reply, one said, we do not talk about that. In spite of warnings like this, Borthwick and other investigators kept writing accounts of the creature. In 1970, Scottish author, historian, and avid mountaineer Affleck Gray investigated. He tried to approach every story from a scientific and historical perspective, focusing just on the facts. When he dove into Scottish history and mythology, he failed to find a single reference to Amphir Laithmore. It seems the earliest mention was the account from the poet James Hogg, who figured he'd seen his shadow. So, Gray transitioned to more recent data points, interviewing hikers who descended Ben McDewey. He focused on experienced climbers who seemed to know what they were talking about. And many well-respected mountaineers were eager to share their encounters with him. One man said in the early 1920s, he saw an enormous gray figure on Ben McDewey. The creature had long legs like tree trunks and feet with sharp talons. Some claimed a large figure had stalked through the mountains during World War II, but they weren't sure whether it was the monster or a soldier separated from his garrison. One woman said the creature was invisible, but spoke to her in the thick consonants and growls of the Gaelic language. A man said he was riding in a carriage when he saw a tall figure in an enormous black robe. The figure's arms were covered in long sleeves, and it waved as it approached the man. He believed he was looking at the devil, but when a cart rolled by, the demon vanished. Though the details changed, each story shared a few general themes. Many of the witnesses heard footsteps and felt a sense of dread. But one story stood out from the rest. In this account, the witness encountered the beast in the mountains, but he didn't feel the need to run away because he was carrying a loaded gun.
Coming up, the battle with the big gray man. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, back to the story. As the myth of the big gray man spread in the 20th century, historian and mountaineer Affleck Gray tried to determine if the monster was real. He uncovered many hikers' stories, like that of Alexander Tunian, an experienced mountaineer and hunter. In the fall of 1943, he embarked on a 10-day expedition on the Cairngorm Mountains. The peaks were likely freezing in October, and Scotland was rationing for the war effort. So, Tunian didn't have much to bring with him to keep fed and warm, but he did pack his revolver to shoot small game for extra food. For days, he hiked up the snowy mountains until he reached Ben McDewey's summit. As Tunian took a breath, clouds formed overhead and the wind howled. A storm was coming. The hiker scuttled down a slope to find shelter. But like many before him, during his descent, Tunian heard something stomp. Tunian knew the story of the big gray man well. He suspected it was following him so he gripped the butt of his revolver. The footsteps slowly continued until a dark figure emerged through the fog. Tunian aimed at the shadowy blur. Just as he did, the beast disappeared. The mountain was silent. Then that familiar sound returned. Footsteps. This time they were fast and coming straight towards him. The creature was running at a full sprint when it burst through the mist. It charged Tunian, who fired three shots right at the beast. But it didn't even flinch, as if Tunian had somehow missed all three times. As he realized his gun may be useless against the creature, Tunian turned on his heels and ran as fast as he could. The footsteps followed him until he reached a valley. Like in the other accounts before his, suddenly, Tunian found himself alone. Somehow, he'd escaped Amphir Lathmore. Later, Tunian wrote of his encounter in the Scots magazine and he kept mulling over his experience, trying to unpack what he'd seen. Although it had seemed unaffected by the bullets, Tunian became convinced he'd shot and killed the creature. 
He camped on the mountain multiple times and never encountered the beast again. Surely, this was evidence it was dead. But perhaps Tunian was too quick to take credit for killing the big gray man. Just a few years after his alleged confrontation, Sir Hugh Rankin and his wife cycled into the Cairngorm Mountains. While they took a break by a pool of water, they felt a peculiar presence behind them. They both swiveled around and saw it. The figure stood over six feet tall, and his chest looked to measure about four feet around. His hands and feet were enormous. But while other hikers had seen a furry beast, the Rankins were face to face with a man. He had olive skin, a strong jaw, and flowing black hair. He wore a long robe and sandals. His wardrobe reminded the Rankins of Southeast Asian fashion. As practicing Mahayana Buddhists, they sensed they were in the presence of a holy being known as a bodhisattva. In Mahayana Buddhism, a bodhisattva is committed to achieving enlightenment on behalf of other people. Some especially holy ones are viewed as mythical beings. Legend has it their lifespans stretch for millions of years. According to Sir Hugh, they were impervious to heat or cold and could travel anywhere they wished. Some Buddhists believed creatures like the abominable snowman were bodhisattvas. Sir Hugh and his wife concluded the big gray man was one as well. Their suspicions now seemingly confirmed, the couple bowed and reportedly heard music emanating from above their heads. They said the figure spoke to them in what they thought was Sanskrit, though it's not clear what he said, and beams of light emerged from all around him. The Rankins were in awe. The Bodhisattva spent 10 minutes with them, then bid them continue on their way. The Rankins departed, and as they pushed their bikes forward, they looked back to see him vanish into the fog. The music stopped as well, and they both felt his holy presence disappear. While the Rankin's story made the big gray man sound divine, another account seemed more earthly and even produced empirical evidence. In December 1952, Another Scottish author, James Allen Rennie, walked through the hills of Cromdale by the Cairngorms, where he discovered something peculiar, large footprints. According to Rennie, each track was 19 inches long and 14 inches wide, larger than any human foot ever recorded. Rennie claimed this figure had a seven-foot stride, around three times longer than the average person's. And as he followed the prints, he noticed huge gaps between them. Like, occasionally, the creature leaped 30 feet from one spot to another. It seemed clear to Rennie, whatever made these tracks wasn't human. Rennie followed them across a white field until they disappeared by a local churchyard. There, he snapped a photograph. Finally, on the film, for all the world to see, 
were the supposed tracks of the big gray man. Maybe it was just the evidence that would confirm the existence of Amphir Lathmore. And meanwhile, 15 years later and a continent away, another outdoorsman would collect an additional piece of evidence, one that might change the way everyone understood the big gray man. Roger Patterson was an American rancher in Yakima, Washington. For years, he believed the Northwestern mountains were haunted by a two-legged creature, and he was determined to capture evidence of its existence. He and another rancher journeyed into Northern California and spent roughly 10 days on horseback searching for the beast. Then one day, Patterson's horse whinnied and reared back on its hind legs. The rancher tried to control his horse, but his animal was spooked beyond control. On the other side of the creek bed, the rancher saw what had frightened the horse, just the creature he'd been looking for. It was enormous, stood on two legs, was covered in brown fur, and appeared to be female. Patterson leaped off his mount and grabbed his video camera. He sprinted after the strange wild animal, which turned and fled. But not fast enough. The rancher began recording. He caught several frames until, within seconds, the beast disappeared into the woods. As Patterson caught his breath, he stared down at his camera. Just like James Allen Rennie, it seemed he finally had irrefutable evidence of a mythical creature. Another thing Patterson and Rennie had in common, the beast they documented may have been related. Perhaps their separate encounters had proven the existence of the Big Gray Man and Sasquatch. Thanks again for tuning in to Unexplained Mysteries. We will be back next time with part two of The Big Gray Man. For more information on The Big Gray Man, amongst the many sources we used, we found The Big Gray Man of Ben McDewey by Affleck Gray extremely helpful to our research. You can find all episodes of Unexplained Mysteries and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. See you next time. And remember, never take we don't know for an answer. Unexplained Mysteries is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive produced by Max Cutler. Our head of programming is Julian Boireau. Our supervising sound designer is Russell Nash with Nick Johnson as our head of production and quality control by Lisa Marie Gallegos. Ali Wicker is our supervising editor and Derek Jennings is our writing lead. This episode of Unexplained Mysteries was written by Alex Bernard, edited by Ben Hanani and Angela Jorgensen, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Jay Cahew, recorded by Freddie Rivera, produced by Aaron Larson, and sound designed by Brian Golub. Our hosts are Molly Brandenburg and me, Richard Rossner. Mm-hmm.